This is Dr. Troy Shaw, pastor of the Liberty Hill Baptist Church. Welcome to Living the Bible Together. We would love for you to visit our church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. Hello and good evening. We're so glad and thankful that you've come to join us for Bible study tonight. The joy of the Lord is upon us and we're always happy to know that God's word will lead us, guide us, give us strength and victory for the journey through any and every test and situation. So it is now that we're so glad and happy that God has favored us to come together again on this evening for Bible study. Tonight we'll be studying from the book of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Our pastor of youth and aging is going to lead us in our teaching tonight. And I'm hoping that you'll hope in your hearts and minds that you might receive God's word and teaching, that your life might be enriched through the powerful and wonderful text that God has given us for instruction. I want you to know on tomorrow night, on Thursday night, we're going to have Throwback Thursday. For the next few Thursdays, we're going to have some sermons from uh, different uh, years and sermons that we've done in the past from uh, years spanning from 2008 all the way to the present. And so on Thursday evenings, you will be able to get Throwback Thursday. And we're going to do Throwback Thursdays at 7 o'clock p.m. on Thursdays, Throwback Thursday. So we hope that you will have the opportunity to worship and to let those sermons that have been preached in the past bring new life and, and worth into our lives as we move forward through the powerful and gracious word of our Lord. So as we began our study tonight, as we began our time tonight, let us bow our heads. God, we thank thee and praise thee for all that thou hast done for us, for thy joy, thy peace, thy love. We're so, we're so amazed and so appreciative for your word. We ask that you continue to let your word illuminate our lives and our way that we might walk after the way of Christ, that we might please you and you alone. We thank you, God, because you are so worthy, so worthy in our lives of our praise, so worthy of our time, our talent, and our treasure. So bless us now, even in these situations and times of distress, whereby so many people find themselves at unease because of our world's pandemic. But Lord, we know that you have the power to give us give us peace in the midst of our struggles. So Lord, ease the mental stress that some are feeling, the anxiety, the sickness, the sadness, the depression, and the loneliness. Lord, we ask that you would just fill our void with your Holy Spirit, with your word, with your will and your way. God, we are so thankful to give you the praise that you have continued to keep us together even though we are not physically in sight. We realize that the chains of life have yet to be unbroken within our wonderful family. So, Lord, we ask that you continue to keep us together by your power, your grace, and your might. Bless everyone with health and with strength. In the precious, the great, the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, certainly we hope that you're continuing to study your Bible. For many of us, uh, we uh, have taken the time to pray and to really deepen our connection with God and with family. 
during these moments and days of contemplation. I want you to realize that our church has been uh, distanced in terms of our worship. We've been worshiping here online. There are some churches who are beginning to open immediately. However, we are going to remain both cautious and prayerful. Therefore, we are going to uh, wait for just a bit more and then we will release more information in terms of how we will come back together real soon. Nevertheless, don't grow weary and don't uh, covet other people's way of doing things. Just because another church is opening this week and another the next, please don't hold us to or try to make our church be what someone else's is. So therefore, in that vein, I need you to just remain patient and calm, allow the Lord to lead and guide, and we'll be back together again real soon. We don't want to be too hasty. We want to use both wisdom uh, and grace. God keep you and bless you is my prayer. If you have needs or questions, comments, or concerns that you have, please use the contact tab. We'll be more than glad and happy to answer your question and to communicate with you. If you would like to contribute financially to the ministry, please use the Give tab located in the app, or you can give by texting your dollar amount to 614-505-4222. Finally, you may mail us at P.O. Box 32050, Columbus, Ohio, 43232. We are certainly appreciative for your charitable donation. We hope that this ministry is a blessing in your life. God bless you and keep you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being our God and our Savior. Lord, without you, we can do nothing. For in you we live, move, and have our being. Use our lives to glorify you. And thank you, Father, for sending the Lord Jesus to suffer and die so that we might live. What a long-suffering and amazing God you are to love humanity so much that you sent Christ to die for our sins and to rise on the third day so that all whosoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you that you sought us out, opened our eyes to the truth, and saved us in Jesus' name. We pray that you will use us to tell those that you place in our paths that Christ died for their sins, that he was buried and rose again so that all who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good evening to you all. My prayer is that each and every one of you are well. Even as we have begun to move around a little and have some of the restrictions lifted, I hope that everyone is still remaining safe as we navigate through this highly contagious virus. But even still, we can rejoice because we know that God is still with us. Amen. We have been very fortunate to still be with one another with one another weekly, whether it be through Bible study or during our Sunday worship. Not to mention the individual relationships that carry on throughout each week, through our various phone calls, our FaceTime calls, emails, text messages, and etc. So as we embark upon this evening's study, my hope is that our faith continues to strengthen despite our weakened world. Let us pray. Lord, we know that you formed us in your image, not the image of the world, but your image. And for that, we are thankful. We appreciate the fact that you saw fit to send your word for us to be able to know how to live our lives while here on this earth. As we study your word, I pray that our hearts and minds are open 
so that we may not only receive what it is that you would have for us to hear, but that we may store the knowledge of and revelation that is given to us on this day. We love you and we appreciate you. In Christ's name, amen. So this evening's Bible study will be coming from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And it reads, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And the stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he had spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So let's take a look at verse 1. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, meaning through Jesus, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. When Jesus says that thieves and robbers enter the sheepfold by another way in verse 1, verse 8 tells us that the thieves and bandits are all who came before me. And in verse 10, the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You see, these metaphors may be confusing if we treat them as a story or a poem and try to assign precise meanings. If Jesus is the shepherd who enters by the gate, how can he also be the gate? If the thieves and robbers are Pharisees, are there also other thieves and robbers? We must accept a bit of ambiguity here. Jesus is the shepherd. That is a valid image, correct? But he is also the gate, another valid image. We gain nothing by forcing the images together. The Pharisees are thieves and robbers, but hardly the only ones. There were other thieves and robbers in the church when, when this gospel was written at the end of the first century. And there are other thieves and robbers in the church today. So if we think about the words thief and robber, literally, 
we see someone who steals and if we think about them figuratively figuratively we see something that steals we know that there are people who try and cheat their way into the fold by saying stuff like since my grandmother was saved and believed in Jesus Christ I too am good and don't need to go through any prerequisite to become saved which is far from the truth right you see when we steal basically we are cheating to gain an outcome that is in our favor no matter the cost we must enter into the fold through the door also known as Jesus Christ that is the only way so when thinking about a thief figuratively I pose the question what drains you steals your energy leaves you lifeless and empty kills your spirit treats you like a statistic rather than a unique person what robs you of the precious time that we should have spending with God these are moments indicative of the thief the enemy of our human nature the American Indians tell their children that Deeply embedded in our hearts are two wolves, each wanting to kill the other. The child is meant to ask, and who wins? The parent wisely answers, the one you feed the most. So let's take a look at verse 2. But he that entereth in by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. The I am sayings of Jesus in the fourth gospel are very significant. I am the bread of life, the living water, the light of the world, etc. They indicate to us Jesus' divine status, since God himself, when asked his name by Moses, declared, I am who I am. The pictures and images which Jesus uses show us the face of God. This is true of the image used here. When Jesus says he is the door or the gate, the latter translation better fits a sheepfold, which typically has either a hinge gate or simply an opening of the sheepfold. His listeners will be aware that God is presented as a shepherd in the Old Testament, most famously in Psalm 23. The ideal of a good, the ideal of a good caring shepherd is even more vivid. And we are told that the custom was for the shepherd himself to sleep crouched at the entrance of the sheepfold. In other words, the watchful shepherd was literally the gate or the door. So now think about that for a moment. If something is trying to attack us spiritually, typically it would try to enter in through a door that we have left open. But if we have the shepherd at the door protecting us, then that attack is less likely to happen, correct? And it's because our shepherd, which is Jesus, is caring. And when we put him out front to protect us, that is exactly what he does. So in verses 3 through 5, we see that Christ calls the sheep by name. They recognize his voice. They follow him because they know his voice. To him, verse 3, to him the porter, gatekeeper, openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, 
but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. So it takes intimacy for sheep to know their shepherd's voice, meaning the sheep are spending time getting to know the shepherd. What does that look like in our current lives? Are we spending time to get are we spending time getting to know Christ so that when he calls us by name we'll answer? Or are we spending time with so much other stuff that we either don't hear him because we let so many other things take priority in our lives from making a dollar to toxic relationships to expensive habits? We must be intentional with spending time studying God's word and in prayer so that when he does call our names, we not only answer, but we act on the call by following after him. Now notice in verse 5 it says that the sheep don't follow after a strange voice, being one that they are unfamiliar with. Now why do you think that is? It's because they spent so much time with the shepherd that they know the strange voice is probably up to no good, so they don't even respond. My oldest child has a pet now that she has her own place. It was a pet that we did not allow in our home as they were growing up. So the pet came with her on her last visit home. So I oftentimes joke around and say that the pet is deaf because whenever I call her by her name, she doesn't answer by turning her head or nothing. But when Montasia calls her name or when she calls out Bella, she responds and does whatever it is that Montasia is commanding her to do. You see, Bella initially didn't pay my voice any attention because it wasn't familiar to her. And who knows? Maybe she thinks that maybe she thinks that a strange voice might lead her astray. Who knows? But how many times have we been led astray by the strange voices we answer to? The strange voice that said not to quench the thirst of someone who was thirsty, no matter if they were thirsty figuratively or literally thirsty for water or thirsty for an encouraging word or the voice that said never mind that person that held the sign up as you were leaving the grocery store the other day that said I'm hungry even though you just finished shopping with your sister's snap card how about that strange voice that said don't worry about visiting the sick and in prison the Rona might get you but that doesn't mean you can't accept the call of the relatives that's incarcerated or call that person who was sick we must do what Christ has called us to do and not listen to the voice of the stranger. Let's move on to verses 6 through 10. This parable spake, that's verse 6, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear, hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly in verse 7 we see that Jesus tells them I am the door into the fold 
not a door but the door meaning the only way in is through me so it's popular today to believe that there are many equally valid doors that lead to God but this verse suggests otherwise God could admit to his God can admit to his kingdom anyone who come whom he chooses but Jesus's disciples have the responsibility for proclaiming that Jesus is the door the way truth and life the first half of verse 9 states if anyone enters in by me he will be saved that is the purpose of the sheepfold a safe haven in dangerous world it protects sheep from thieves and predators and saves them from their own foolishness the second half of verse 9 says and will go in and go out and will find pasture that is in keeping with Jesus's earlier words that off that the that he offers living water a well of water springing up to eternal life and food which remains to eternal life finding food is the purpose of leaving the fold sheep in the fold eat hay last year's crop dry and tasteless so to find succulent green pasture and cooling run, running water they must lead the sheepfold. The Jesus gate leads to good pastures. The thief only comes to kill and destroy. Like verse 10 says, the thief focuses only on satisfying his own needs and cares little about the welfare of others. The Pharisees of chapter 9 verse 41 are one example of thieves and bandits, but there is no lack of others. Jesus warns of false prophets in Matthew chapter 7 verses 15 to 23. When this gospel was written late in the first century, the church was struggling with the Antichrist. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18 through 22 and false prophets, 1 John chapter 4 verses 1 through 6. Acts chapter 20 verses 29 through 35 warns of savage wolves who will not spare the flock. Philippians chapter 3 verses 18 through 19 verses 18 and 19 warns of many some who are church members who live as the enemies of the cross of Christ. First Peter chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 exhorts elders shepherd the flock not for the dishonest gain but willingly. We do not lack for examples of thieves and bandits in the church today. The church suffers from televangelists who promise wealth for the sheep, but reap wealth for themselves. Some preachers are even tempted to pack the pews by telling people what they want to hear instead of proclaiming truth from the Bible. All these are thieves and robbers who steal, kill, and destroy, who steal that which does not belong to them, who kill the trust of those who believe them, who destroy faith. We who are entrusted with word and sacrament need always to remember that the devil whom Jesus calls a murderer in, verse, in chapter 8 verse 44 works especially hard to bring us down. Nothing serves Satan's purposes better than rogue clergy. We must be always on guard against temptation lest we find ourselves numbered among the thieves and bandits. In verse 10, the second half of verse 10, it says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
Unlike the thief, Jesus is focused on the welfare of the sheep. Coming or going, Jesus' sheep are safe and well-fed. They have life and have it abundantly. When we think of abundance, it goes far beyond one's needs. It brings to mind Jesus' words, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be given to you. That's from Luke chapter 6, verse 38. The context and meaning are different, but the effusive language is the same. If we want to experience life at its fullest, we will ask, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus have me to do? How can I be more faithful to Jesus? How can I be more like Jesus? As we bring our lives into compliance with Jesus' will, he blesses us with abundant life. That does not necessarily mean health or wealth. It means abundance, which has more to do with what is in our hearts than what is in our hands. So that concludes this evening's study. I pray that you have received the word that has gone forth, and I pray that you all will be well.
is what you gotta do. You must do his sweet will. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We thank God and we praise God for you. We're glad that you've joined our Bible study tonight. We certainly hope that you'll join us again on tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. for Throwback Thursday. God bless you and keep you. And continue to stay in your word.
Now lift your hands and praise him. Something happens when you lift your hands. Lift your hands and open your mouth and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Sean Pace. Open your mouth and tell him I'm going to leave it. Put it in his hands. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put it in his hands, y'all. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. It's all over. The devil is no good. This is the last time tonight messing with you. together through education, missions, and ministry. This has been another broadcast of Living the Bible Together with Dr. Troy Shaw from the Liberty Hill Baptist Church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m., For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. God bless you, and have a great week. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever. Amen. We thank God and we praise God for you. We're glad that you've joined our Bible study tonight. We certainly hope that you'll join us again on tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. for Throwback Thursday. God bless you and keep you and continue to stay in your word.